Let's talk about the possibility of a coalition government. This started the chatter on Sunday. Here is Jagmeet Singh. Because we're, we're not going to support a conservative government. Uh, we're going to fight a conservative government. We're going to fight it all the way. So we're ready. We're ready to do whatever it takes. Yeah, he was asked if his party would absolutely consider a uh, coalition government with the Liberals. And uh, then he walked it back on Monday. I'm not walking back at all, but what I'm saying is my focus is not on that. My focus is is that I want Canadians to win no matter what happens after this election. Ah, you're walking it back. And then Trudeau was asked about it because they're always asked about it. And like we're a week away from voting day, the election. So they are always asked this question about the coalition government. Would you start it if we're looking at, at not having a sweeping majority? I'm campaigning hard to stop conservative cuts and elect a progressive government. My focus is on electing a progressive government uh, and stopping conservative cuts. So the talk is not about how tired you were uh, from the turkey over the weekend. The talk today is about a coalition government being formed. Barry Kay knows a lot about this stuff. He's a political science professor at Wilfrid Laurier University. Barry, it's a pleasure to have you on the show because you could probably sort this out for us and uh, make sense of what's going on right now. Uh, Good morning, Kelly. Well, I'd be a little reluctant to use the word coalition because that has a very specific meaning uh, when, in fact, a number of other arrangements or accommodations might occur as well. I remember in that quote you introduced the piece with, though, uh, the question was, would um, would uh, Singh consider a, a, um, a coalition? Mm-hmm. And he agreed that he would consider, considering is kind of a vague word, too, there's lots of weasel language and all of these things. Right. Look, it's not in the interest of any of the politicians to talk about a coalition. Inevitably, I, there, we haven't been in, minor, in majority government territory since the beginning of the formal campaign. I, I, we do see projections at um, lizpop.ca, one of the institution at Laurier, and they're frequently covered in the, uh, the global news on the website as well. Uh, we haven't had a majority government indicated going back to before the, the Lavalin scandal. So I don't think we've ever been in majority government territory. But what's happened during the campaign, especially in the last week or so, which is really since the English language debate on the 9th, and then it was uh, sort of enhanced, uh, you know, a couple of days later um, at the, excuse me, the 7th, and the, the, uh, the French language debate a couple of days later, is the fact that the liberals and conservatives are sinking. Each of them have had a uh, campaign uh, geared around the fact that they were going to try and destroy the other party, and they've been successful. The liberals have destroyed the conservatives. The conservatives have destroyed the liberals. Neither party is nearly as popular as it was a month or two ago. Um, and that what's, that's meant that, all for, though for a long time it wasn't clear where people who didn't like either of them would mm-hmm. go, increasingly in Quebec they're going to the bloc. And in much of English Canada, they're going to the NDP. Not everywhere, but in much, certainly in Ontario, in British Columbia, perhaps also in Atlanta, Canada. The numbers that uh, Daryl Bricker uh, was just, uh, you know, quoted as saying with, uh, and I mentioned that poll because there's lots of polls out. He's only one of a bunch, but his is the most recent. Um, and what we see seems to be increasing momentum, and momentum does mean something in public opinion, where for a long time the uh, public opinion polls were pretty much stuck. The liberals and conservatives were tied at around 33, 34. Now they're down 31, 32. Um, and the, those votes that have disappeared from the liberals and the conservatives, again, are going to the bloc in Quebec and to the NDP disproportionately uh, elsewhere. You brought up the election, uh, the the debate and the English language debate. Is this mainly because um, Singh came off so likable? 
Yes, um, not just then, but particularly then, because that was probably the largest the largest audience. He had come off as likable in other debates, that, which had smaller audiences that were more limited in terms of their access. And the fact is, he's he's responded well to questions of race. I'm not sure that's the only question, but both um, both Trudeau and Scheer seem to be very mechanical and very automatic and very accusatory of the other party. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, the fact because Singh did not start this campaign with a lot of enthusiasm. Um, the fact is, I think his likability, quote-unquote, is partly a response to the fact that the, the major party leaders have become more and more unlikable during the campaign. And I think that's also true with Blanchet and Quebec. Yeah, the last time we heard talk of a coalition government, it was when Harper had a minority, and then the the backlash of uh, of that led to a majority. So what is the appetite for a coalition government? Well, part of the backlash then was the fact that it also involved acquiescence of the bloc, and that was uh, demonized by uh, by, by um Harper, suggesting that we would sort of be in league with the separatists. Look, um, I think there is inevitably going to have to be some accommodation. We're not going to have another election immediately, although usually in minority government times, elected gov- the governments don't last as long, and on average, probably within another year and a half, if things go as they look like they're going, we probably will have another election. It's not clear at all to me at the moment. Uh, the Liberals had a, a, a lead during much of the campaign in seats, not in votes, but in seats because their vote was more efficiently distributed. But much of that has been eroded because the NDP is eating into them in parts of English Canada, but the bloc especially is eating into liberal seats in Quebec. Most of the seats that the, um, that the bloc is gaining in Quebec, and we now have them all around our seat projection was at 29, but they're going to be up in the mid-30s, I think, by the most recent numbers I've seen now, including the, the, uh, the uh, Ipsos numbers. Uh, most of those are seats that would have otherwise gone to the Liberals. It's not at all clear to me now which party is going to have the most seats, but I don't think any either is going to have a total much above 135, and they're going to need 170 to form a government. So what's going to happen is we're going to go into a parliament where there's going to have to be negotiations. Now, who is it that is likely of the other parties that's going to support either of the, um, the parties that have been established? Both the Greens and the NDP have made it very clear that they have no interest in supporting the Conservatives with Scheer, especially on energy, but on other issues as well. Well, this could backfire then, Barry, because if we keep talking about this for a week, people will go, well, listen, if I throw my vote behind the NDP or the Green, I'm voting for the Liberals, I'm voting for uh, a minority, so I'm going to have to go Conservative. And well, it could give them a, a majority. Some may feel that way. A lot of the people that are thinking of voting NDP are probably more likely to go to the some, – some will go conser- conservative, but they're more likely to be left of center and more likely to support the liberals than the conservatives. But that's why sheer, uh, that's why Singh doesn't want to talk about it, mm-hmm. even though that's clearly a, a media-related question. There's interest in it, and that's why you're interviewing me about it right now. Well, no, you know, why I want to interview about this right now, Barry, is, is the fact that we are talking coalition government, and I think the average person doesn't really know what that would look like. The, the minority, minority government. Yeah, we have minority governments normally – and formal coalitions are rarely struck. Why not? It's only happened once in Canada formally at the national level, and that was back during World War I when there was a national government when we were in time of war. There have been some arrangements provincially. There's one in British Columbia right now. We've seen it previously in Ontario back in the mid-'80s uh, with Bob Ray and Peterson, where, in fact, the NDP agreed to support a liberal minority at that time for, you know, for a period of time. Um, what will happen, I, again, a coalition, as I understand the term, normally means that both parties are part of the government, and you will have cabinet ministers from both, both parties, or maybe more than two parties. It's not at all clear at the moment that the NDP, and when you put the NDP total with the um, Liberal totals that we have and that I've seen from CBC and others, it's not clear that that's even going to hit 170. It's very close. But the, the Greens and the NDP together, plus the Liberals, are going to be close to 170. 
the, the question, though, is for the conservatives. Who would support the conservative party in, in government, whether it's a formal coalition with uh, cabinet positions for this other party mm-hmm. or not? Um, it's certainly not going to be the Greens or the NDP. Okay, what does that mean to that? Say Sheer gets in and it's a minority. So what does that mean now? That win the largest number of seats on, on, on next Monday's election. The determination of who's going to form the government. Typically, what happens is the outgoing prime minister, in this case Trudeau, will then go to the to the governor general and say he recommends that Party A or Party B be given an opportunity to form an election to form a government. Um, in, in in most elections, that's fairly automatic. If we're in a situation where there's only a couple of seats separating the liberals and the conservatives, and it's clear that the liberals can get support from other parties and the conservatives can't, and that's the question. Are the conservatives going to be supported by the bloc? Because it's, not, it's pretty clear they're not going to be supported by the, the Greens or the NDP. Okay, I think you said something really important there, Barry. So let's see if I can break this down and make sense of it, uh, because you know what you're talking about. And I think for a lot of people, including myself, this is all news. So if Scheer wins a minority, because well, he wins... He wins, wins more seats than the Liberals by... Because the numbers yeah. right now show it's going to be a virtual tie. Right, okay, so say Scheer has the, wins the most seats out of any party, but then Liberal and the NDP... Together, get more seats. Who would the governor general uh, go to to form government? Like, if Sheer wins a minority, there's a possibility that he might not even lead the government. That's is right. that the, the, the tradition? Is that the governor? The, it's all, there's a significant case. This goes back to 1926. There's a significant case historically where, in fact, the situation occurred. Mackenzie King at that time was the liberal leader, and he told the governor general that even though the conservatives won significantly more seats than he did, he wanted a chance to form the government. And he was given that opportunity. Normally, the governor general will listen to the recommendation of the prime minister. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the rationale for what Trudeau would do is to say, even though he's, he might be two or three seats short of the conservatives, he has other parties that are willing to support him he, and point out that the conservatives may not. And indeed, the only party the conservatives would probably be able to depend on, and I'm not even sure that would happen, would be the bloc. Do you want to have a conservative government that... Also in the 135-seat range, being supported by a separatist party. That's going to be the issue. So, Barry... I'm all surprised in that scenario that Trudeau would say, give me a chance, let, let the, even though I have a few seats short of what the Conservatives have. So, Barry, this, uh, this election could come down to not the promises, but the scenarios that you are actually outlining. Very good chance. Wow. Like, and election night, unlike most, uh, this is going to go down to that last seat in British Columbia. That's because amazing. I, I think they're going to be, the, the numbers now show they, they may change in the next week. I'm not really predicting what's going to happen a week from now. But the way the numbers look right now, the Liberals and Conservatives are both at around 135. The, um, the block is at about um, 35 or so. The, um, the NDP is around, will be around 30. We don't have those numbers up yet. There can be a small handful of the Greens. Um, this is really going to be close. All right, so we're going to have a long-lived government. But the recommendation that Trudeau gives to the governor general, by tradition, will be honored. Um, and really, would be out of keeping for the governor general to say, "No, I'm not taking your advice." That's interesting stuff because for people that have, are going to vote a different way, that that could seem uh, unpalatable. Well, that's my bet as to what's going on. But again, if one party wins 136 seats, another wins 135 seats. Uh, to suggest that the one with 136 has more legitimacy, especially if nobody is gonna, else is going to support them in Parliament. I, I, I really think that the Conservatives, if they don't win 170 seats on their own, and I don't think they're anywhere close to that. Well, it could be after people get wind of this.
they won't be able to sustain in government because the smaller parties in parliament are much more favorable to the liberals than to the conservatives. All right, so let me ask you this. This year, people who have been living outside the country for more than five years because of the Trudeau government and the the changes to Elections Canada, they have the right to cast a ballot. How does that work? I mean, what riding would they be voting in? Normally, they would have to show um, residency, uh, some uh, driver's license or some identification that shows that they have a residence in that particular riding. They normally declare the riding ahead of time and are given the opportunity to have a ballot sent to them with the candidates from that riding. Oh, okay. So probably was is the riding that they, they lived in before. The same, thing, look, the same thing applies to people in prisons. People in prisons who are residing somewhere else at the moment normally are given the opportunity to uh, show that they, if they're going to vote at all, I'm not sure how many of them vote, but nonetheless, they are also legally eligible to vote in riding where they have other residency. Do expats, have they already cast their ballot? Do they have a different voting date? Uh, not a different day. They get the ballots ahead of time. Look, I've voted ahead of time. Lots of people uh-huh. these days have voted ahead of time. The votes have got to be mailed in by, by Election Day. All right, Barry, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate your time and your expertise. You bet. Happy to chat. Cheers. That's Barry Kay. He's a political science professor at Wilfrid University, Wilfrid Laurier University, that is.